0: Video is dominating our news feeds, social media outlets, and let's face it, all of our entertainment options. So as people are consuming more media, it's even more important that businesses utilize video as part of their marketing strategy. Why you ask? Well, because humans are visual creatures and our brains remember about 95% of the information presented visually as opposed to remembering just the 10% of information that we read. So. How do we get there in terms of building trust within a brand space by connecting consumers to products with story and inspiration? Welcome to the Fork and Lens Podcast, brought to you by Visco. Today, I have the team with me and we are going to be talking about timeless best practices and trends that we can't ignore with a video and some of the common questions that come out of our video discovery sessions with clients. So let's talk about timeless best practices. Why is it so important to be clear and simple with messaging to make things effective, guys?
1: I guess I'll get started with this. <laughs> um... <laughs> So I see it like all the time with brands, especially um, local or regional brands um, where they just, maybe they don't have a marketing team or they don't have the budget and they just try to cram as much information into a video or an element or a website or or something as they possibly can. Like they try to get that bang for their buck. Um, And that's where like just nice, simple, clear messaging is really important And, um, I think it's much easier said than done. Um, I think it comes as like a given, but once you really get into the weeds of a project, I think some brands just try to do way too much.
2: Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, we've seen that so many times and and then you, you see something that's so simple and so direct and you're like, man, I wish we could have done that. Or that's, that's what the client really needed in that moment. But then, you know, you, you look at what happened and they jammed all the features into the, in there, all the, all the, in our case, the flavor profiles and, and different things that you can, you can get out of the product instead of just harnessing in and focusing on that one thing that in that moment made it unique. And, you know, it just got a little convoluted.
3: Yeah. Even sometimes when they, to the point of like listing everything out, when they even want to cram it in with just like words on the screen, I feel like is a, more, than, more times than not doesn't work in my opinion but it, it's done well obviously but it can really cheapen a video and it's
4: just another way of making it cluttered. Yeah and I think you gotta take into account you know um, people's attention span. I think you have to get information out there in front of them fairly quickly uh, if there's any sort of confusion or second guessing I think people will just literally brush it off or overlook something uh, so I think <laughs> the least words possible. I think I, I find really appealing. I like to get information instantly, Um, you know, kind of if I have to search for it. I feel like that's where we run into issues.
2: Yeah, I also feel like it. it it's not always, it's not always that it has to be super simple in the, in the sense of like the information or getting it up front, I should say. It's, I think you can continue to build story and you can do something that's interesting and, and is appealing to the people watching, but at the end of the day, the, when you get down to what the, what the spot needs to do, it should be super clear and concise. Um, but again, it doesn't mean that you can't storytell or try to uh, consume the audience a little bit more before you get to that point, um, as long as it all ties together really clean.
0: But why is story so important? I mean, obviously, we need to keep things clear and simple. But if there isn't a story, are we missing something?
3: Yeah, I don't think people want to be sold to as much anymore. Especially with social media being so a free for all, we've sort of become accustomed to wanting everything to sort of just feel kind of real and part of part of the uh, part of your timelines, and not really jumping out at you like they're inherently trying to get you to do something you don't want to.
1: I think connectivity is a big part of that too. Like it, story is the way that gives you kind of a personal connection to a brand or an item or or a product or a service. And without that connection, I think it's just harder to get people on board.
2: Yeah. I mean, uh, we, we recently looked at the, at the Apple slow campaign and uh, I mean, that's, that's such a simple thing where they could have gone into every detail of every piece of what the phone can do for you, but they decided to focus on one thing that, you know, maybe isn't even hitting that big of an audience for them, but it, it's showcasing one thing. And, um, because they did it so cleverly, it, it worked.
5: Uh, and they did the classic thing of show, don't tell. Um, where they they did show off all of the new specifics that were out for the phone, they just didn't write it on the screen or like make it a super it was pretty subtle. It was still clear and simple.
2: yeah
0: mm-hmm. All right, so we get a clear, simple story that may or may not drive an emotional response. So a lot of the times, obviously with video, we're looking for a call to action. It is a sales tool it's a marketing tool. So how do you integrate the call to action? What's its purpose? What what are some examples that we can give our listeners?
3: Yeah, I think just showing how it sort of how it's working within the story should probably be showing how it would help you then as well. Without having to again hit you over the head with it and say like if you try it you'll look and feel just like this person. It's more like you'll you'll relate to that person or the subject of the story and then subconsciously you almost start to believe in the product without them having to like trick you into
2: it. Yeah. Yeah, That's why I firmly believe in talking to your audience specifically, knowing who your target audience is and and speaking to them, because it doesn't need to be a hard sell if you're solving a problem that they have, as soon as they see it and they say, that's, that's it, I gotta have it. You know, you don't, you don't really need that hard push. You know, I think it's always important to showcase how you get something in in many ways, or, you know, if it's, if, you know, we're not all Apple, we, you can't just, you know, go to the website and and call it up or go down to Best Buy or wherever you want to get something. But, um, you know, showcasing a little bit more about how they, if it, if it is order, order online or make sure it's a link that's included with the video or something like that, uh, that can be helpful.
0: Okay. So we're going to do kind of a quick round here and I'm just going to say something versus other things. So sound versus no sound, it's a trend. Why should it work for both?
3: Well, I guess, cause we look at our phones at all times, so. There's bound to be times when you can't be having the sound on.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think we're just so busy. Like, yeah. We as, as people are just so busy. I mean, if I would document the time that I look at my phone, it's when I'm standing in line somewhere or I'm taking a break from work or I'm in a waiting room somewhere and it would be considered rude to have the sound on at that point. So if I want to actually look at the content that I'm seeing that's coming up on my feed, it's got to be soundless
2: yeah I'm a, I'm a classic watch it with no sound save it so i can watch it later with sound but then never go back to it again so <laughs> so i think i think it's one of those things um you know things do have to work without sound but i don't i don't i personally don't think it needs to be expected that everything um is going to work without sound in in every market i mean i think there comes a time where people are accustomed to missing information because they're watching without sound and it's up to that person to go back and and do it because I think I think you run the risk of a, of, of a client saying okay if, well if there isn't going to be sound or if that's the statistic then I want to put every word of it on screen um, which can be can also be a challenge um, not that I'm opposed to captions I mean if you have something where somebody's speaking on, on camera like throw captions in there um, you know do it in a creative way that can be that can be an interesting thing to do um, but but no I'm, I'm kind of on the fence about it
1: I think it totally goes back to who your audience is and what platform you're going to be on I mean, if it's social, you almost have to be. But obviously, if it's broadcast, I mean, there's different rules there.
2: Yeah. And
0: there's something important about that because, like, one of my biggest pet peeves is when I'm on Instagram and then I see someone's post and then I go over to Facebook and it's literally the same exact post verbatim to the point that, like, the person that they tagged, it's their Instagram handle and they didn't even change out the name. So I think it's very important to remember to put out content that is – like made for that specific platform it doesn't have to be matchy 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 all right so we accomplished sound versus no sound how about traditional production practices versus embracing the whole mobile responsiveness vertical video platform should businesses be getting on board with this?
2: yes yeah (laughs) i mean i mean i i think they i think they have to i mean there's different there's different ways you can get around it i mean you can you can tell people to turn the phone sideways or something if you if you want them to do that. But if you're talking about like Quibi or these newer platforms, I mean, it's 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 built around these different things. Uh, you know, turning your phones and seeing more of a landscape, or or then you know flipping it up vertical and seeing that view. Um, so I think it's really important for people to embrace that. It, it definitely comes with challenges from from our perspective. I mean, we we shoot video all the time, so you know you have to think ahead of time about how you're going to use that. Um, you know, shooting higher resolution and cropping in, or am I going to shoot it vertical and we're just not going to have a horizontal. I mean, if that's the case, then you're really committing to it. So, I mean, there's, there's so many ways you can look at it. Um, but I, I definitely think people need to need to embrace it and figure out, you know, how to, how to transition things. So like, like Jess said from platform to platform, because they're all going to be slightly different and how can you make that work better?
1: Yeah. I remember, um, like back when I was in film school, you know, 10 ish years ago, and I remember making fun of the term um, VVS syndrome. I don't know if anybody else had experienced that. It was like vit- vertical video syndrome where we would always make fun of people who videoed stuff you know, with their phone like this rather than horizontal. And now it's just something that is so vitally important. And it's funny how quick that can change. And it's almost to the point where it's like, you gotta get on board to stay relevant.
5: Yeah, I think it took a while for people to adapt and change. Um, I know I definitely made fun of people for taking photos like with their phones like this because i'm like obviously you get more lens you know whatever but <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah it's i've been seeing i think filmmakers like a just over time the people i follow have been shooting a lot wider like the dps i follow shooting way wider and finding more full-frame cameras and i don't know i don't have any like stats on that but it's just something i've noticed because we're cropping in and we're we're having to cut things square and three-fourths and, you know, nine-sixteen and everything.
4: Yeah, it's got to be a editing nightmare, right? I mean, finding, making something <laughs> work for all, for all those different frame sizes, I it think makes, is yeah. tricky for the video team as well. Uh, you know, you got when you're shooting these things, think about getting everything to work in a square and then, you know, vertical and horizontal. So I think that brings up challenges too. I mean, it has to. Not that I've been experienced with it, but it has it to. It <laughs>
5: makes you want to shoot wider so that you make sure you right. get
3: everything. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it is one of those constraints, though, that's going to lead to interesting stuff, though. And I think, uh, speaking of Quibi, that's what jumped out at me initially was how they how they can flip between vertical and horizontal so quick. And that just seems like a whole new tactic. Whether or not it catches on, I mean, I, I, I think it will, but um, I think it's just an interesting uh, you know, restraint that it actually forces you to think differently, which I think can only be good in the long run.
2: Yeah. I mean, my, my take on it at the end of the day is, you know, we all came from watching TV. So TVs were always horizontal and then you got your phone and you could flip it sideways. But, um, you know, it's one of those funny things where it doesn't the, the beauty of the way the phones and things are set up now is it's, it's whatever the, the holder of the phone wants to do. And, uh, you know, the more the stats come out and say that people aren't turning their phone sideways or whatever. I mean, that's where that these things are starting to come up more. Um, you know, I, I'm of the case. I love watching everything horizontal. So then it, it, it's really annoying to me whenever I flip it sideways and I only have a vertical option and then it's really small in the middle of the screen. But that's me. And that's what's crazy about today's society is there's so many different options and things that you have to be flexible enough to to provide the content in whatever way the, the viewer is going to want to see it.
1: And not to tie this back um, you know, so poetically to what we talked about before is just knowing your audience and knowing what platforms you're going to put your content on. It's like so vitally important to know that going in because it's so difficult to take something that was shot for one other reason and turn it into something else.
0: All right. So let's move into some commonly asked questions during the discovery process that we usually go through with clients. And some of these, I think, are stemming out of um, conversations that we 've had with clients on the back end when we 've done market research and um, eye tracking and different tests that organizations run on their content whether it 's on television or online um, to test you know what 's working what 's not based on consumer reactions to the videos so First and foremost, and I know this is a loaded question because we argue about this all the time, but what about logo placement? When should a logo show up in a video?
2: <laughs> I
0: don't even know
1: where to start.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it should show up where it makes the most sense in the storyline that you're trying to to give. Um, you know, if you, if you have this mentality that it needs to be in the first three seconds or something so you can gain the audience attention. That might be the first thing that's going to make their attention stray (laughs) as soon as, you know, they might be, they might be getting consumed in something and they're like, Oh, this is from a brand I'm done. You know, whereas you could have caught them and, and made them watch. Um, you know, the, the hard part about that is combating stats where they say, okay, somebody, somebody saw my logo and, you know, because it was in the first three seconds and that might be the only three seconds they got to, but at least they saw the logo. So then you got, you have to combat that when you're, when you're speaking to, um, you know, the audience or, you know, wherever you, you are in your organization, if you're talking to the, to the VP of marketing or something about, about this, it, it can be a challenge, but I think, um, just getting it into the storyline where it makes sense and where it has the biggest impact can, is to me the best placement for the logo, um, can be a little bit challenging if you're running a series or a campaign like that and everything's the, the storylines are slightly different. Um, but you want to maintain you know, consistency throughout, but, uh, overall, that's my take.
1: I agree with that. I love a good organic logo placement. Mm-hmm. Uh, one that makes sense. I also think it shows brand confidence too. Um, so that you're not so eager to show everything right away at the same time. But again, there's always an exception to every rule. And sometimes, you know, it calls for it, like an earlier or later placement.
0: Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think of a good example of that. There was a campaign that came out a few years ago by, um, American Express that did a really good storyline of it was a small business and they went through a dialogue and they kind of went through this person's retail shop and you saw the American Express logo on the point of sale terminal. And that's where you like they brought in the brand and it felt very organic. It was well placed within the storyline. It wasn't like front and center at the very beginning, but it, it felt like it was a natural place to put it instead of just, like, right, said dead center, like, we are American Express. And then they continued on with the story. And it showed up a few other times very organically like that. And then came the call to action, the, you know, reveal moment of we're American Express and we work with small businesses or whatever, you know, the line was, you get the gist.
4: I, I get that subtleness, but as the logo designer, if I'm sitting in that meeting, I'm saying give me a good three solid seconds of a good, <laughs> good beautiful <laughs> and then like and then let me come in through the side and stick my head in the screen for so like <laughs> just so well, they do, I did Give me that solid it.
0: three seconds at the end Tyler.
4: <laughs> yeah no no I know what you mean I, I do like the subtle approach though as well but sorry go ahead Megan.
1: Oh I was just gonna kind of agree with Jess but then also you as well um because you since you interjected but um yeah I think that that having your logo part of the call to action is like totally key. I I think that that's definitely where you need to live with your logo. If not before that kind of organically, you definitely have to be there at the end.
2: Yeah. I I can't even remember a good example of this. Gosh, it must've been 15 years ago that I think it was Nike that did these commercials that had nothing to do with, with Nike at all. In fact, to this day, I have no clue what the commercials were about, but I remember the buzz around them because there was nothing going on. And then all of a sudden they just put their logo at the very end as this kind of hit. And even though you had no clue what the commercial was about, it still intrigued you. And it, it, it almost made you so intrigued that you wanted to go find out what was going on. Um, so I, th- I think that even something like that can be, can be powerful. It's the, the element of surprise a little bit can also play a, a big role in this. Um, to Tyler's point, though, I think it's really important. Um, it's not just about time on, on screen, how long the logo is on there, but it's the impact of the logo when it, when it does hit. Um, you know, a, a logo is just a logo. I mean, it, and nothing against design. We're designers. We love design, and, and a logo can be very impactful. But even if it's just the the word of, of the name of the company, I mean, it can have the same. It can have a really strong impact by putting it in the right place and having it hit at the right time. Again, like I said, where it really falls into the storyline and makes you need it in that moment. Um, so, a well-designed logo is just going to make it more memorable.
0: Okay. So, speaking of Length and the amount of time something is on screen. Let's talk about the length of a video. Another loaded question. So let's talk short form or short for. I can't talk today. Short let's form? Talk, <laughs> let's talk short form versus long form and then we'll break it out into the usual segments that we see as requests for media purchasing purposes.
2: I'm, I'm all for. Having things build. I don't, I, I, you know, six seconds is fine, but if you're pulling it out of, out of a 30 second, just to make a six second, I don't think that always makes sense, but I love the idea of a six second, almost being a teaser for something or, um, you know, having a purpose that's going to, that's going to draw you to the next thing. Um, you know, it's not just the cliff notes for the 30 second. it, It actually like pulls you in and wants you to, to see more. Um, you know, six seconds in general can be really hard 15 to 30 seconds. I think you can, you can do those teasers a little bit more. That's going to draw you to longer form content. Um, you know, it might take you up to a one to two minute, or even hopefully, you know, as we start to do more long form things, you're getting into the 10 to 12, kind of the short segment of things. Um, six seconds, you know, can be pretty tough because you're not getting much information in there. You're just kind of showcasing something, but if you can showcase a product or, um, you know, something that's that. again, it just gives you that little bit of relevance to what what other content's out there that they can get. I think it draws people up the line.
1: Yeah, I think that that's, that's a very textbook approach to it too. Um, and obviously very logical. I, I think that like once you get into long form videos and I'm saying anything over like one to three minutes, um, to appeal to those audiences, I mean, you already have to have a following. Like, If I'm gonna invest my time, three, four, 16 minutes, however long, like I am typically already on board. But if, um, if I'm kind of interested or curious, um, I think that that 15 to 30 seconds is kind of where it's at. At least as far as like your selling point or you're sparking your interest or that sort of thing.
0: I have to agree with you. And I think Yeti does a really great job with that. Like Their long form stuff is spot on, but they do a really good job of pulling clips out of the long form to entice people and meet them where they're at in that customer journey maybe they're not completely on board but you want to give them a taste of what feeling on board looks like
2: they also do a good job of of creating other content where they're they have extreme storytelling where the product is almost non-existent in the long form and even in those clips and things and they have the 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 other extreme of showcasing everything about the product and you know running over it with a truck and and having a bear attack it and stuff to, to really showcase the, the features of the product. So I think both those things in tandem work really well for, for their brand.
3: Yeah. I think, I think um, it's, it's really important for the, the, the client to really know what they want to say um, to blindly just sort of say like, I want to do a 30, a 10, a six, a five minute version, but not really have a strategy behind those. doesn't make any sense. I mean, it, because you might not even need some of them, depending on who you are, who you're trying to talk to. So I think it's, they all are relevant at one time or another. Um, but to just say you need them no matter what, because a stat said you should have a six, or a stat says you shouldn't go over two, if you really think about what you like to watch, it just, it's such a random bag of just different things. And it's hard to really pinpoint. So I think the companies that do it really well, like Yeti, that we were saying, it, it shows. And I think it's a big part of why they're so popular
1: depends on the investment in the product too. Because like if I'm gonna make a big investment in something, then I'm gonna take a lot more time to research and find out kind of more about the product. Whereas if it's kind of a um, less expensive product or maybe like an impulse purchase or something, then I wanna see something kind of quick and fun and exciting and I might not look into it as much as, as I would maybe like one of those big ticket items.
3: Sort of like the commercial, I mean, it's, it's there is still a, a world for commercials and the length of a commercial. And I think that's fine. And there's really wrong with that. Um, but I, I think we are more open to different lengths, more so than I think companies are, are brave enough to admit.
5: <laughs> yeah. Uh, it all comes back to just like knowing who you're making these for, too. But I will say, six seconds is tough. Like, that's very, that's extremely pointed. It's like, it's, you have to know exactly what you're trying to say, like, very clearly. And then, yeah, and then know who you're making things for. Because as we've seen, like YouTube, is more, YouTube content's getting longer and longer every year. You know, it's not, it's not slowing down. But like you were saying, Megan, before, it's like you have to. The people who are watching that are already bought in. That's what they're. That's what they're here for. That's what they're looking for. So just paying attention to that and keeping tabs on what people are into at what time is so important
3: that's a great point about youtube because that's you know all my kids watch is is youtube and so the the idea of like having to be somewhere at a certain time to watch something or dedicating a certain amount of time to watch something is completely out the window so it's just like if something's 13 minutes 45 seconds they will they would never be able to tell you that they would just say i just watched it who knows how long it was i don't care how long it was you know what i mean it's just as long as it's what they set out to find on youtube that's all that matters so it's like I think as generations get older, I think we're going to constantly see this shift of just like breaking the boundary of time constraints and stuff to a degree. I mean,
2: <laughs> yeah,
4: I th- or, yeah, I think that's Jane, where it's you gets... know what the longest commercial ever is? No. What, what is it? Well, I looked it up. It is. <laughs>
0: of course you looked
4: it up. It's a old spice deodorant commercial that was 14 hours long <laughs> and was aired in Brazil. Think about that.
2: Well, so there was a, there was a Virgin mobile campaign a couple of years ago that they did something. I, I forget what it was. It was a, it was a, I, I forget how long it was exactly, but it, was, it had to be four or five hours because it was a, a, a boring flight from, from New York to LA to, and all they did is have these mannequins sitting in a plane for, and they showed them for four hours <laughs> and, 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 and it was like the most watched, you know, buzz thing. It was, it, I mean, it was awesome. I don't, I don't know anybody that sat through it but I mean you see it 10 seconds you've seen the whole thing but um, but it's, it's so interesting that it, it, there is no constraint it doesn't matter um, but to, but to that point what I think what Jay was saying earlier kind of reminded me I, I, I think one thing when people are watching YouTube especially um, I, I would venture to say rarely are they watching something from a from a brand where they're, they they want to be sold something like we were talking about earlier most of the times they're watching something of some entertainment or some value to them that's what's gonna that's what's keeping them engaged for that 13 minutes, that 15 minutes, 25 minutes, an hour, whatever it is. Um, and I think that's where brands have, have a huge opportunity to be in that, in that space, but not be selling the whole time. You you know, you you can't make a 10 minute thing about selling. It has to be an extreme piece of, of authentic storytelling or education in in some manner and something that they want to get into. Um, that's where like, you know, I think about like Lowe's does an okay job of, of putting content out there about. Yeah, they have somebody on that's building something or doing something and they're actually showcasing, they're showing what their people need to see, so they're using the platform as a, as a resource for the customers, not a place to sell everything.
5: Yeah, or they outsource their ads to the people and say, we like the way that you talk, can you make a commercial in your own style and in your own voice and talk about this to your audience? Right. And YouTube's funny because it, it gets kind of a weird wrap because anyone can be on there and make anything, but I kind of think, I, I honestly feel like YouTube is pushing us in our storytelling so much, because people have to get more and more innovative all the time because everyone's on there. It's, it gets really competitive and everybody wants to say their story. They want you to listen to their story um, for, for what, you know, for their passion or their livelihood or their whatever. And I think it's, it's important to keep tabs on that too, because there's so many different styles now that are evolving and it's gonna impact our industry for sure.
3: I'm a big proponent of brands attaching themselves to entertainment. And, and letting that be you know as impactful as what they think they need to do which is usually just saying all their bullet points or you know trying to convince you of why their product's so good i think if you sneak it in the back door by saying i just entertained you and by the way i i'm the one that provided this for you i think that kind of sticks with the people more maybe than just like you know being jammed down their throats all the time by logos Logo debate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think, though, that we would all agree that, really, at the end of the day, it's about understanding your audience. It's about being strategic and intentional with your messaging, making sure you have a purpose in the story that you're trying to tell. And obviously, at the end of the day, it's about generating the exposure that you're looking for to the appropriate outlets and the appropriate audiences um, that you're targeting. So, I think, you know, if we had to sum our conversation up, I think that's how I would sum it up. In the, in the essence of, there are different applications. Yes, certain things work for certain audiences. Other things work better for other audiences. And you have to understand who you're targeting and where they are in that customer journey and how involved they are with the brand. And then, honestly, you know, yes, YouTube's becoming a big thing, But you also, if you're unsure of yourself, this is where partnering with an agency is really important because they're the ones that know the industry and they can advise you of the best options for your brand. And they also bring a level of creativity and perspective that you might otherwise overlook. And I think that's really important to note too. I can't say how many times, you know, someone comes to us with a concept and we're like, okay, that's a great start, but let's tweak this, tweak that to make sure it's gonna fit in this time, you know, allotment or you know, make sure we're driving the story home in a way that feels genuine and authentic and it doesn't feel salesy or whatever it is. And so, um, you know, if you're feeling unsure of yourself, I'm sure, you know, a lot of creatives, a lot of agencies are willing to talk through that with you and, you know, find some options that are mutually beneficial. That's all we have for you today. Thank you so much for joining us and we will be back with you next time. That are shared. Feel free to share Fork and Lens with your team, colleagues, and friends. If you enjoyed today's message, please subscribe to get weekly access to new recipes for creative and marketing success. You can also check us out at forkandlens.com or visco.co. Until next time.